All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everybody is having a blessed evening as we are. We just like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another day to get our acts together. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Mist of the Storms. This is a program where we like to dive deeper into the Bibles and look a lot closer into the scriptures where a lot of people may not want to go or a lot of churches might not want to go due to various reasons. And if you've been with us for a while, welcome back. This is week 31 of our live Bible stream, live stream Bible study series. And as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about what it takes for us to believe God. God does a lot of things a certain way just to get us to believe him. And we tend, we as people tend to lose hope when we ask God for something and we don't get it immediately. A lot of times in the Bible, we, we've seen people wait as much as 40 or more years to get what God has promised them. But that even a day go by with us and we start to lose faith. So we're going to be taking a look at the story of um, Lazarus and how he died and Jesus came and brought him back from the dead. I think it's a well-known story. So without any further ado, I'll pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. Thank you, Melvin. Um, before we get too ahead of ourselves, um, we'll like to bow our heads and say a quick prayer if you are in a position where you can. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity to study your word, to grow closer to you, Lord, to grow in faith, to grow in patience, to grow in everything that we need to be successful in this race towards salvation. Lord, we're praying for the sick, the shut-in, the afflicted, Lord. So many things are going on upon the face of the earth, Lord. The hurricanes, the, the shootings, Lord, the, the violence, the diseases, the uh, so many things, the droughts. Lord, it's, it's so much going on. And so we're praying, Lord, that you would just help your people, that you would be a light in the darkness, Lord, that you would just continue to guide us and lead our every step. We're praying these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as Melvin already mentioned, we're going to talk about Lazarus because we wanted to look at what it takes to believe God. And what it really takes one of the things at least is patience and that is a hard thing for us because especially with technology we've become extremely impatient i mean everything is happening so fast right now i mean you can talk to your friend from another country and send a message and they'll receive it in a second or less I mean, you can call somebody from across the country, across the world. So many things we can do extremely fast. If I want to know what symptoms a, a certain sickness would have, I can find that out right now within a minute, less than a minute. So everything has become so fast, uh, the more we increase our knowledge as a world, as a society, and we bring that same mentality towards God. When we want something, we want it right now. Uh, it's just like the commercial says, it's my money and I need it now. Everything we want from God, we want it right now. Because that's just human nature. But sometimes it takes some patience. So we're going to look at John the 11th chapter, and we'll, we'll read the focus verses, verse 15, but we'll go back up uh, to verse 1 to kind of get a better idea of what's going on. 
All right, John chapter 11 and verse 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Read verse 14 also. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Jesus tells his disciples that Lazarus is dead. And he says he was happy he was not there for the sakes of the disciples. So that they would believe. Now we'll we'll go we'll we'll get to this. Let's actually just go back up to verse one. Um, because as Melvin mentioned, it is a familiar story. But do we understand the depths of it? So we'll we'll see if we can cover some of this. Verse one Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with an ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Mm -hmm. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, Lazarus has Mary and Martha as his sisters. He gets sick and they sin for Jesus. This is the same Jesus who had been healing people all across the region. He has been, I mean, we read about the lady with the issue of blood who searched out Jesus even through a crowd just to touch the hem of his garment because she knew that if she could, she would be healed because everyone else was getting healed. This is the same Jesus. So Jesus knew Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He's been to their home. So it would seem if anybody could reach him, it would be somebody that has a relationship with him. So they send for Jesus. They tell him Lazarus is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. But what's interesting about this situation is, and this is the way God operates. He allowed this to happen so that God would be glorified. Jesus, Jesus didn't go and resolve the situation so that God could be glorified. So let's, let's keep going. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. My God, he, he found out that Lazarus was sick and he didn't move. He stayed exactly where he was for two days. Now, if we look at that, this, this kind of goes with what we talked about last week. Uh, if we look at this, we will say, man, that doesn't make sense because he is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is a healer. If they told Jesus Lazarus is sick and he loves him, we would look at this situation and say, well, why didn't he go down there immediately? Why would he stay doing what he was doing? All right. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. Drop down to verse uh, 11. He, he tells his disciples, let's go down to Judea. 
He's going to go down there to where Lazarus is. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of, out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest now they, and sleep. They got confused here. They thought Jesus was only saying Lazarus was resting. Go ahead and read verse 14 for us, Mel. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So he makes sure they know Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Now, he tells them Lazarus is dead, and he says, I'm happy for your sakes that I was not there so that you can believe. That's the situation God puts us in today. He still does this to us. He allows things to come on us to the intent that we would believe. He allows bad um, circumstances, bad situations to follow us and he is going to show up right on time a lot of time uh, there's a song that says he's an on-time God he may not come when you want him but he'll be there right on time see Jesus did not leave it was two days later he left two days later so a lot of times and I, I can guarantee there's people out there right now going through a situation and wondering why has God not shown up yet it seems like I've been all alone but you're not but God has not resolved my issue yet so we began to lose hope we began to lose faith we began to say man I don't even think he's coming we began to doubt him but he's going to be there right on time let's keep going down then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now they were wanting to go down there to grieve with Lazarus' family. They were going to go and die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now go ahead and read verse 18. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. So... They stayed where they were for two days. They did not finally make it to Lazarus until it was four days. He had been dead. They had already put him in a grave four days later. But verse 18 tells us that Bethany was not. It was near Jerusalem. Where Lazarus was was near Jesus he could have got to him he could have went to him as soon as he found out that Lazarus was sick if you do any um, research on how far 15 furlongs is you will find out that it's not even two miles it's close to two miles Jesus could have went to Lazarus he could have solved that problem he could have went to him as soon as he found out as soon as he found out but what he decided to do was increase somebody's faith that's what he wants to do for us he want he he's working our patience 
The trying of your faith worketh patience. He is trying to work somebody's patience today. So just because God has not shown up in your situation just yet, just because he has not uh, fixed whatever problem it is that you're facing, that doesn't mean he's not going to. But will you continue to have faith in him? Will you, will you continue to believe and trust in him? Because again, we see here, Jesus was not even two miles away from Lazarus. And yet, he didn't get there until four days later. And I don't know what he was doing. I don't know exactly what he was still doing uh, where he was. But it was all a part of his plan. And God still does the same things with us today. It's a part of his plan to allow something to go wrong in your life. And it may take a year. It may take months. It may take weeks. It may take two years. God does that to increase your faith. So let's go down, Mel. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was, com was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now that's the mentality we have. As soon as he gets there, Martha says, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Now, in this moment, we would be questioning Jesus. The same thing we do today. We question God. God, well, why do you let why do you let certain things like this happen? I'm your child, God. I'm a child of God. Why are you allowing this situation to pro be prolonged? Why are you allowing this to go on and on? If you had been here, this wouldn't have happened, God. If you had but he'd been there all the time. We didn't <laughs> we don't know. He's been there the entire time. He knew what was going on. Jesus knew exactly what was going on, but he wants to increase our faith. He wants to show us miracles, and he still wants to do it today. So Martha says, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. All right. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. He told her right there. He's coming back. But she could not comprehend it. And we are the same way today. God has made us promises and told us things are going to happen. They're going to work out. But we don't comprehend it. Because we still look at the circumstances. All right. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Mm -hmm. She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which will come into the world, which should come into the world. Mm -hmm. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. 
As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, following her, saying, She goeth into the grave to weep there. Now, what we're seeing here is Martha is out talking to Jesus. She sends back, uh, she gets Mary to come out to meet Jesus. And as they see Mary, as the people uh, surrounding Mary see her, how fast she left, they think Mary's going to the grave to weep over her lost brother. So they follow Mary out there. See, this is God getting the glory out of a situation because he wants people to see what he has done. He wants that. And this scenario shows us perfectly. It wasn't just Mary and Martha there. It was also other Jews who didn't even believe in Jesus. And we'll know they didn't believe in him because look at the way they talked about him. Let's, let's keep going down. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now Mary says the same thing her sister Martha said. If you had been here, Lord, my brother wouldn't have died. If you had been here. We began to look at God and say, God, if you had done this, if you had done that, man, this would have worked out. But God has everything under control. There's nothing to worry about. I know that may seem impossible to do. We become so discouraged looking at situations that are going on. We say, man, I don't have the money to do this. I I don't feel well in my body. People are attacking me. My family's turning against me. So many circumstances we look at and say, man, I, I just can't. It just seems like I can't go on any longer. But God is still in control. Despite how everything may look, he's still there. So Mary also has this mindset to say, if you had been there, he wouldn't have died. But they still believe in Jesus. They hadn't turned their back on him. They still believe in him. Mm -hmm. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Now Jesus, he asked where they laid him at. And he wept he cried all right then said the jews behold how he loved him now somebody out there said man he really did love this guy mm -hmm. and some of them said could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died now that's what happens to us today so many people surround us with negative feedback we don't recognize how people around us, and it'll be family, friends, uh, husband, wife. It, it can be anybody. And they will surround us and say negative things against God. 
under the wrong mindset. Now, they're saying the exact same thing we heard Mary and Martha say. How could he not have helped this man when he helped all these other people? He's opened the eyes of blind. He, he's he, People who couldn't walk, he allowed them to walk again. So many things this man has done. But for Lazarus, he came out here and started crying, but he didn't help this man. So we have to be careful what we surround, our, who we surround ourselves uh, with. And especially... Even if those people are going to be around you, we can't listen to that stuff. But it's going to be impossible for us not because people look, people get in your ear. They say, man, I told you it wasn't going to work. You talking about God. I, I told you. People, <laughs> the devil is waiting for an opportunity to detour us to get us off track, to derail us. He's waiting for an opportunity. And all it takes is somebody to plant that that seed inside of you and say, see, it's not going to work. You're wasting your time with this. But God wants you to continue to fight, to continue to lean on him, to trust in him, to acknowledge him in all your ways. All right. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave, it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Instead of being obedient unto the Lord, we begin to question so often. Because, like I said earlier, we look at the physical situation. We don't look at how incredible God is, how he is a way maker, how he can perform miracles like no other, how he transcends medicine, how he transcends the doctors, how he transcends the laws of physics, the laws of science, gravity, whatever it is that we've come to know. We forget how God is above those things because we start to look at the natural circumstances. Martha said, look, you want us to remove the, 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 the stone? By this time, he smelled bad. It's been four days. We start to, <laughs> we've gotten so smart today. We'll start talking about the processes that's taking place with his body. Yeah, God, uh, yeah, Jesus, by this time now, now this is us. I'm not saying Martha said this, but us today, we say by this time, it's four days, uh, gases in his body is being released. You have all these processes. Take, We've gotten so smart. And yet, in God's eyes, we have become so dumb, so uh, unintelligent. We have learned earthly wisdom. And the more of that we gain, the less in God's eyes. We become so, uh, <laughs> we just get so off track because we think we know so much. But God, he is, 
He is above all those things. He has taken the foolish things of this world to confuse us. Because like I said, we look at the laws of science and gravity and, and, and physics and, and so many math and all these things, English. We look at all these laws and say that shouldn't work. It shouldn't happen that way. But every single time, God says, yes, it will. I can make a way here because that's the moment where the miracle takes place, where we have been fixated upon. Oh, it's not going to work. That doesn't make sense. There's no way this could ever work. And that's when God steps in. That's the moment when he steps in. When we think it's too late. So Martha says it's been four days by now. He's been in this grave for four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. He is still doing things for us so that somebody would believe. Somebody needs to hear our testimony. Somebody needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. What a miracle. And the same God that was back then, the same God that Jesus looked up to heaven and cried out to, it's the same God that there is. He is alive and well today. The exact same God. So despite whatever your circumstance looks like, whatever it appears to be, no matter what anybody has told you, no matter what your family has told you, your friends, the doctors, uh, the nurse, the the accountant it doesn't matter what anybody has told you uh, the school teacher doesn't matter God will show up right on time no matter what anyone has told you God is still going to show up on your behalf but it's going to take us to wait on him let's actually look at Isaiah Chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, and we'll look at verse 28. Start at verse 28. 28. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, Faineth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. God does not get tired. He doesn't sleep. So you may be calling out on calling out to him. And some people don't really know. They say, man, I don't know if he's there or not. He's there. He hears you. It doesn't matter what time it is. See, Mary and Martha, they called out to the Lord. 
They reached out to Jesus, the same one that we call on. When we get sick, when we want him, as we as soon as we call, we think we, he is supposed to show up immediately as if he were a genie. Not knowing that he was there all along. He knew you were going to get sick. He knew whatever whatever temptation came upon you, he knew it was going to come on you. Whatever trial came on you, whatever tribulation, he knew it was coming. And he is there with you. So recognize who it is that you serve, who it is that's your God. He's there all the time. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't get tired. Uh-huh. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. He is going to be there to increase your strength. And he's better than milk. <laughs> they, said, they used to tell us uh, all the time, if you want to get strong, drink milk. God, <laughs> he's stronger than the milk. God is stronger than everything we could think of. He is going to increase you, increase your strength. He's going to give you some determination, some drive to carry on the next day. God is going to do that for you. All right. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Mm-hmm. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Read that again. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If you wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. If you wait. Now... You have that's the important part. That's what it's going to take for us to believe in God is to wait on. Him. That's what we don't want because our patience run thin, as some people say. Yeah. We don't want to wait on them. What we need, we need it. We think we need it right now. But he said he wasn't gonna put more on you than you're able to bear. And you still aren't even bearing it. He's going to do the bearing for you. He's still going to carry the load for you. But will you allow him to? Or will you allow a situation to overtake you? For the enemy to step in and tell you, God don't even care about you. Will you allow the enemy to deceive you? If you wait on him, he'll renew your strength. If you wait. Alright. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. He's going to strengthen you by his spirit. You'll be mounted up with eagle wings. You'll run and you won't get tired. He is going to strengthen you. He is going to establish you. But that's if we can learn to wait. We can learn to wait on the Lord. If we can learn to wait. Let's, uh, we'll move over to James. The first chapter. And verse Brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. That's a hard thing. 
that's a hard thing to count it joy when we fall into a temptation. That's what Mary and Martha found themselves in. That's what we find ourselves in all the time. A hard time. Trials and tribulations. Death in our families. Death all around the world. Hard times. But will we recognize that God wants to receive some glory out of our situation? And he will renew our strength. Can we see all of that in the midst of our situation? Or will we say, Lord, they've been dead for four days. If you had been here, this wouldn't even happen. What what will we see? What perspective will we come from? What will we see? Will we realize we have to wait on the Lord? See, the children of Israel, uh, we talked about this Tuesday. The children of Israel had been in Egypt for 430 years in slavery. And no doubt they were crying out. But they still had to wait. God still caused them to wait. He still had them to wait. 430 years. They had to wait. God operates with time. He doesn't do things the way we think he should do them. Even when he made the world, he took seven days to do it. He could have done it in one. He could have done it in the snap of a finger, one second. But he didn't choose to do it that way. He did it over a space of time. He's showing us how he moves through time. So can we be patient enough to wait on him? Uh, verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith worketh patience. If we say we believe, we're going to be tested. If we say we believe, Martha told Jesus, she said, yeah, I believe you're the son of God. I know you're him. I believe you're him. But they had to be tested also, just like we do. Will we choose to still have faith and believe in him? Uh huh. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God wants to perfect us. That's all it's about. So that he could receive glory out of every situation and perfect our faith. Because the more situations we go through, we say, I know God is going to be here because he did it the last time. He wants to renew your strength but you have to wait on he's coming he's going to be right on time but naturally it looks like he's late naturally he got there four days after Lazarus was already dead our situations right now it looks like man this situation is dead there's nothing that can resolve this problem but God is going to be right on time Will you wait? 
They that wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Here, he said, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Want is talking about having need. David was talking about having a need. The Lord is his shepherd, he shall not want. A shepherd, what they do is they take care of the needs of the flock. The sheep, the goats, whatever cattle it is, they take care of the needs. They make sure they have a place to live. They make sure they have food to eat. They make sure everything they need is met. But we look at the word want and say, God going to give me every, every single thing I want. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. He don't want you to be selfish. He don't want you to be greedy. He wants to take care of you. But in doing so, we have to learn to have patience with God. No matter what, we have to learn to have patience because God put, allowing a situation to come upon us is doing nothing but perfecting us, renewing our strength as long as we can wait on as long as we trust in him through the process. So th this is an incredible story. I, I hope that we can see just what God wants to do for us, the miracles, just how God wants to work things out for us, just how he has been there the entire time. Even when it seems like <laughs> the situation is dead, God has been there the entire time. And he was waiting for the right moment to intercede, to intervene. He was waiting for the right moment. And that's amazing. That is amazing because it means more. When it seems like God did the impossible, that means more than when he did something that you say, ah, that, that was nothing. That really wasn't nothing. It means more. It gives us more hope. It gives us more faith, more trust. So, it's not a long, a long message tonight. It's just a message of hope, a message of having patience, a message of waiting on the Lord to renew your strength to encourage you to continue to strive in the Lord, to continue to seek him because he's there. No matter what's going on, he is there. Even if some people say it all the time, it seems like he's not even here. It seems like he don't even hear me. He's there. The scripture told us he doesn't, he doesn't faint. He doesn't get weary. The Lord doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He hears and sees everything. We don't, but we act as if we do. We think we know everything. <laughs> we become so prideful, we don't even know how to admit we don't know something. <laughs> but God is there, no matter what. So I'm praying that this would encourage somebody, this would help somebody through the storm, that they would realize there is joy in the midst of the storm. 
Um, so I've talked for, <laughs> I feel like I talked for a long time. I get on here and I just start talking, but uh, I'll allow Melvin to say something because he's been. <laughs> Uh, I don't have that much to say. Um, I just want to look at the word patience. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And I just want to encourage everybody to have patience because I know for a fact that there's a lot of people out there are definitely going through a storm and are definitely going through a hard time. And they seem like God is a far ways away from them. And I just want to affirm that, that he's not. Testing, he's testing your faith, and you have to have patience and faith in with God, well, faith in God. And I just want to talk about myself for a second. I remember I used to have absolutely zero patience, as my family and friends can attest to that. I had absolutely none. Every time something, like I used to be in a hurry to go to every single place, somebody driving slow in front of me, I'd blow my horn at them, and I'd get so mad and upset and uptight and for no reason I didn't even have to be at a certain place at a certain time and I find like I believe a lot of us are like that I used to ask God for certain things and I, I treated him like a genie like I expected him to deliver right then and there and some of the things that I wanted were not even good for me some of the things that I prayed for so I have to thank God for the situations that didn't work out in my favor. Well, I thought they didn't work out in my favor back then, but as time passed and my understanding got a lot better, those things that didn't work out for me in the past definitely worked out work out for me now. So I'm thankful for even the things that didn't work out in my favor because God is always looking out. And as you, the more you have faith in them, the more your situations will turn turn out for the good. It's impossible to please God without faith. So for everybody that's going through a storm, definitely hold on. Um, I remember reading about the apostles. They definitely had to be strong in their faith. A lot of things happened to them. They were beaten. They were thrown in jail. They were speak, spoken falsely of anything that you can imagine. And they said they had joy for it. They, they were joyful to suffer for Jesus' name. But yet, when any small inconvenience happens to us, we lose hope. We get angry, and we want to get even with whoever is we feel like has done us wrong. No lie, they may have definitely done us wrong, but we have to offer the other cheat. We have to love them, love our enemy, and bless them. And I know that seems hard, too, but it's not the more you do it. A lot of people will look at you like you're crazy. And like Tony said earlier, people will definitely get in your head. Let a group of people be around around you and somebody talk about your mama or talk about you or speak falsely or speak down on you or anything. Or let them come up and hit you for no reason or for a reason or whatever. And you may not even want to retaliate, but the people around you say, girl, if I were you, man, you're going to let him hit you like that? And you're not going to do nothing? Definitely, um... Well, get into our head but we have to be strong and we definitely shouldn't even be getting ourselves into those situations in the first place so definitely hold on and and wait on god god doesn't get tired so definitely hold on and um i just want to leave it right there and as always we want to thank you guys for listening and for watching those of you who've made it this far even though we really haven't been on for that long 
tonight use in comparison to what we usually go through go so thank you for listening thank you for watching and we'll be uploading audio versions of these to all major podcast directories and for our podcast listeners we go live every thursday at 6 30 p.m central standard time so you can catch these bible bible studies live and ask questions and get live answers and even if you disagree with something we say that's fine too is we just want to make sure what what we're saying is backed up by scripture so we'll be more than happy to take you through the scriptures and see what they say because that's what it's all about it's not my word it's not tony's word and it's not your word either it's god's word and that's what it's all about getting right and getting the right understanding because there's a whole lot of different understandings out there there's a whole lot of different faiths that's one thing that intrigued me to even start looking in the bible deeper than what i have been there's so many things to believe but in Ephesians, he said, they said it's one. It says it's one Lord, one faith. It's only one way to believe. So why are there so many different faiths out there? And they all claim that we, they come from God. So we definitely have to get the right understanding. Without that getting, get understanding. So again, thank you for um, watching and um, thank you for listening. And we see that we do not have many questions tonight. So we definitely encourage you guys to ask questions because we we like looking at scripture and answering them. So see that we don't have any questions, so we'll end it right there. Um, we pray that you guys have a blessed evening and a blessed weekend. And if you're on the East Coast, um, a hurricane may be heading that way. So we definitely pray that you guys stay safe, stay dry out there. And until next Thursday evening, uh, we'll see you guys later. Have a blessed weekend. See you guys.